Welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At GroupHomeRiches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business. And on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. To kind of kick things off, well, let me do the intro on this one a little bit. So okay. we have a private Facebook group for our Gold Course members, and it would have been, it was pretty recent, maybe like a week or two ago. I saw a post, I'm just going to kind of summarize, but the young lady had gone from being homeless, I think it was about a year ago, right, Jasmine? Right, right. So she went from being homeless to taking in her first client off the street for her group home. So <laughs> that's that's the only information I got, but I needed to get her on the podcast so everybody could hear the story. So Jasmine, thank you for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. So that's pretty much all I know about you. Why don't you tell me and the listeners out here, let us know a little bit about yourself. What, what's your background? And what made you find us in the first place? What motivated you to go out and look up how to start a group home? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So just a little bit of information about me. I'm, you know, born and raised in in the city of Detroit. I have did so many types of jobs. It's crazy. Like I've worked in all different types of job fields. I've done, I have a lot of marketing experience. I've done customer service. I love customer service. And I, I knew I wanted to help people. I started off going into paramedic. I, I got a certification for EMT. And just doing my interns, I was like, well, I, I don't know if I want to be the first responder, but I do know I want to help people. And that's why I always have done sales and customer service. I've worked for a lot of major companies in Detroit. So I, I, I know a lot about a lot of things, you know. And pretty much... What made me want to start opening up the group homes, me and a good friend of mine, she had reached out to me. She had purchased a couple of homes in Detroit. They're extremely cheap and she was renovating them, getting them all all good to go, rehabbing them. And she's like, she want to do group homes, but more so she want to structure people with mental disorders. And I think it was a bit overwhelming for her because she was just everywhere with it. And that's when I started doing research on how to start a group home. And that's where I found you guys at Group Home Riches. And so much information. I just started watching all the podcasts and things like that. And I was just finding simple things and trying to take it back to her and letting her know, hey, I found this idea. And and it was just, she. I don't think she believed me. I think that's what it was. And so she kind of told me she really didn't want to, she just want to work on fixing a house and she don't know if that's exactly what she wanted to go into. But I had dedicated so much time and energy and now I have a passion for it that I'm like, I just, you know, I don't want to stop here. You know, I want to do more. So that's when I, I ventured off to doing them on my own. Um, so kind of once you realized that it was something that you could get going without, you know, without a ton of money and, Without licenses and stuff like that, it was, you hit the ground running. Yes, it was like I saw my eyes was like, oh my God, this is awesome, (laughs) awesome, awesome, awesome. Let me do more research in every video, every podcast I was listening to. I was just taking everything in and um, writing, taking notes and things like that. And I know my background and my passion comes from, you know, helping women with kids because I'm a woman. I have three little ones. And I did struggle with being homeless. Um, me and my mother, we were best friends, best, best friends. And I lost her about five years ago. And I think that threw me off because I just woke up one day and she wasn't here. And I went through a lot mentally. And I, I wound up losing my job because I wasn't going to work. And then I was homeless with my babies. And I say, wow, how did I get here? So, you know, I was, I'm a fighter. So I got up out of that. But Instantly, I knew that that was what I wanted to do when I saw group homes was, you know, was where I wanted to get into. I said, I want to help women. I want to help children. And then I said, well, I want to help, you know, there's so many guys, me doing my, 
research is, you know, more, more guys who are struggling with being on the street than women. So I'm like, man, I, I don't want to leave them out. So let's do this. And, you know, so, so many ideas had just stored my mind into me trying to figure out exactly where I wanted to go with that. That kind of became your, uh, your motivating factor when you were kind of in need of this housing pretty recently. Absolutely. Like, cause I, when I was homeless, I had traveled off to Ohio and I was living with a sister-in-law and it just wasn't working out. And I was in the shelters. And then me always being self-sufficient, I'm never really down too long. And I was, I got contracted with Google and I was able to work with them and, you know, save money and plan for worse situations if that was to come again. And me saving and, and I married um, my husband and he's in construction and, you know, we're doing really good together. So us saving and investing money would be this would just was the perfect, you know, thing for us to do. And even with my husband, I, I had got to a, a place where I just really dislike my job. And he's like, well, the only thing I've ever known you to do was to help people. That's just what you like doing. And I'm like, I know. And it's what I want to do. And he said, just focus directly on that. And that's what I've been doing. And when I said, hey, let me go off and do it on my own. From then, I was listening to the podcasts, but I was also listening to this other lady. She had recommended volunteer work. And then I saw like another podcast where you guys was like, oh my God, people really do that. And I was, I volunteered for about a month at a local veterans transitional housing facility. And she had been around, she's been around for over 40 years. And I've, I learned so much with working in there. Like she does so much of the community it was amazing for me to go off and see that. So that was the, that was one of the first things after watching the podcast is I went off to do um, volunteer work. I went into the shelters and started assisting with food and stuff like that. And with COVID, they don't want as many people in there, but I was in there able to get the lunches packed up and we meet them at the back door and still able to, you know, help any way I can. But my point of doing that was, you know, I love helping people, but it was another thing was just to make connections with people within the area. Because I say, this is people who I'm going to have to cross paths with if this is something that I, I really want to do. And that's where I started volunteering, seeing a need and gaining more of a passion for just really what I wanted to do and seeing that, you know, people do put a blind eye to people on the street, homeless, like they walk past and maybe they may think, hey, they just there for drugs or maybe we just don't know. We just don't know. So people just put a blind eye to it, in my opinion. And that's why, you know, I want to make a change within the area. So saw, you know, the podcast and I'm like, wow, we don't have to get licensing and things like that. And I wind up finding a landlord or a property management company throughout COVID. And he hasn't received, and one of his properties has a family flat. And in the lower unit, this woman, she's been in there since January. And it's about to be January again. So it's almost been a whole year. He hasn't received any payment. And it's like impossible to get her out. He's just taking her to court. It's just crazy. And he's like, I really don't want to rent to another tenant. So him seeing me come was like, you know, his eyes had lit up. And he has multiple properties here in the Detroit area to where like right now I'm starting off with just doing affordable living and I want to get uh, assistant affordable living going. So we're working on that together. And like he's putting in a half bathroom in the basement. We checked it out for zoning and things like that. So we're good to go. And I know that that's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of more time investment, but you know, the type of clients who I want to take on is, you know, maybe senior citizens who don't really need as much help just getting, taking showers, maybe cooking meals, things like that. And I reached out, it was a cousin. She called me and she said, hey, I see you got pictures up, you got your group homes going. 
and I'm looking for a job, but she's working in a nursing facility. And one of the residents there, she's paying over $6,000 a month. And she said, you know, the hallways just smell like piss. It's, it's just, it's just such an advantage for me because I know I love to help, especially my peers. So me taking someone out of that predicament and being able to put them in it's they only got three people versus 30 people on the floor it's just three people in a home and you know can be able to make a difference that way too so that that's going to be the next the next house that we're going to be getting up and going nice and do you understand the the idea of outsourcing yes i do so yes i do actually one thing that I really didn't hear on a podcast that I have came to find out is the local churches are awesome. Like they help the community in so many different ways. And people are like, well, the churches, absolutely. One particular church, they deal with the, the homeless community. And I went in and I told him exactly what I was doing. And he said, man, I have two houses that's filled with furniture it's all yours, you know, it's all yours. (laughs) Take it. So I went and got the biggest U-Haul I could find. And that's how I was able to furnish it with really no money. So let's unpack a little bit of that because you just covered a couple really key things that a lot of people struggle with to understand just in the beginning. And then they Mm -hmm. struggle to do with it. You know, think of how many people out there are, are want to start a group home right? Mm -hmm. They want to get into real estate, but they also want to help out the community like like you're doing. Many people are check to check and they they get stuck. You did not. (laughs) So let's talk about, so you basically, you got this thing started with very little to, did you use any funds of your own to put down or are you just doing straight partnership, you know, no money down kind of stuff? Yep. Straight partnership, no money down. So you got, Um, so you got a business started with absolutely zero. The money that I came out of pocket was just for like legal purposes, getting my LLC Mm -hmm. and a couple hundred bucks, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, but it's just more so been me investing a ton of time and research into trying to, um, now I'm, I'm more so focused on, on marketing because I got one one house field, but I got to get the downstairs going. Okay, and, okay. Um, so <laughs> this is, <laughs> I thought you had one tenant that we were going to talk about. So now we'll talk about how you filled the house. Not you, you just didn't get one tenant, but you filled the house. Great. <laughs> so <laughs> even better. Yeah, I, I got <laughs> let's, the, uh, before we get into the marketing stuff, let's talk about the partnership. So you talked about it for a little bit, but this is the question that I get the most is, you know, why would a landlord even want to work with the group homeowner? Yeah. And I think a big thing with originally my friend who we were going to do it together, that was her thing. And with me, because I've been in sales, because I love a challenge, because Mm -hmm. I love being on the top, I don't like to take no for an answer. So when she did kind of tell me, it kind of, it kind of threw me off when she said she really didn't want to get it going because of money issues. And I was like, man, that's, I understand that. I I respect that. But I went about it a whole nother route. You need to become an asset. So (laughs) it's, it's, it's all in the approach. So Jasmine, Jasmine didn't reach out to this landlord with absolutely nothing, right? Like the landlord wasn't going to need to teach her, you know, what to do or how to market or anything Mm -mm. like that. Right. So I'm kind of assuming what your approach was, but yeah. <laughs> I'll let yeah. you tell Actually, it. The landlord who I partnered with, he 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 was trying to be a hardball at first, mm-hmm. and like, we're <laughs> we're really good friends now. But he was trying to be a hardball because he's like, no, I don't know if I like that idea. All those people, because I want more so focus on sober living. That was my initial idea at first, and he's like, yeah, I don't know, da 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 da, and I'm just like, man, well, your house is vacant now. So I'm, I'm assuming you just had to, you know, get someone on up out of there and spend a lot of money and expenses and taking them to court. And it is COVID now. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised you got them, you, they was able to move out. And then I think I was able to connect with them just on that part and sympathize. I get it. You know, you get people in your houses and they're ripping them apart 
and destroying them. And now you got to put all this money back into fixing it up. And I, I hit them with, you know, I just pitched them really well. Like, you know, let's, let's 10 X your income versus, you know, just making a little bit by. And actually he is not even from Michigan. He has um, numerous properties in New York and in uh, Dayton, Ohio. And he has like three here in um, Michigan. And after our initial first conversation, he was on board, but then I stared off a little bit because I was doing so much volunteer work and he got the harassing me. He started calling me, <laughs> phoning me, like, wait, come back here. Don't you go nowhere. It's how I felt. Cause he's like, you hit me with a good plan. And and now because I was considering doing group homes five years ago, but it just seemed too overwhelming. And I was like, you know, that's that's I, I get it and I understand. And then when I saw that he was chasing me, that really made me like, oh my God, like. Let me jump on this even faster. And the process has been going so fast, like so fast everywhere I go. And I speak about things that I'm doing. People, man, you're, you know, you do get a lot of people who may talk their nose up at you, but that's only because they're jealous. But the people who are really, you know, happy that you're doing it, they may, I've had someone go in their pocket and give me $50. And I've returned to favor. I was in a gas station and it was, it was a guy in there and he was just filthy and he was asking for money. And I told him I gave him a business card and then he called me for hours. And then the next day came back, he was sleeping in his car and it was cold and I just felt bad. So I gave him $40 for a room, but it was the 40 that was passed along to me. So I just passed it to him. And he's actually one of the tenants that's in um, one of my rooms now. Beautiful. It always comes back full circle. <laughs> so you you basically this really can be the solution to a lot of problems that a lot of landlords have you know buy and hold investors and you kind of you're a salesperson i could tell great <laughs> so you kind of you this is what's called uh this is called the pain point in sales right so you brought up the problems that he was having probably built them up a little bit right and it kind of <laughs> it's the truth right think of how much money he's been losing and and the headache and the stress that he's going with i heard it and in even, his voice. <laughs> yeah and even if even if things were going great most landlords are only making like two or three hundred bucks per property on a good month you know if he has to clean up the house and paint do an interior paint job there goes the profit for the year. But I'm yeah. guessing there was a lot more damage than that. And people, you know, like not, not paying right now. They, yeah. a lot of, they this don't have to pay. <laughs> yeah. my, my business partner in particular, he was just like, I'm just kind of want someone in my home who don't have like six pit bulls in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. So Jasmine approaches somebody like this kind of, it brings up those problems. And then is basically the solution. Hey, check this Sorry out. Sorry about that. Sorry oh, about that. I was yep, you, you're back. It's all good. So I was just letting them know you You kind of, I'm guessing you approached him as like, here are your problems. Here's my solution. And this is what's in it for you. Right? Was that? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. That's, that's the approach Absolutely. to take. Now, I have had to go back and work on the numbers. And that was completely fine with him because it's still more than what he was expecting anyway. And mm -hmm. it's a guaranteed way for him to be able to receive his money. And, you know, it was just, I was putting all the plus that it would be him partner with me. That's honestly, 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 that was, I made one call off of Craigslist and I was the first person whom picked up the phone. I, I haven't pitched it anymore yet, and but I know if I do, it won't be a problem only because it's so many people looking for houses now. And it's so many landlords who really don't want to rent them out. They're looking to just go ahead and sell because they have lost so much money. Like just with me, I was helping a friend of mine. She was looking for another house to rent. And this guy told us, he said, I have, someone didn't pay me well over $10,000. So he lost out all that money throughout COVID. So when they do hear 
you know, and this is just for someone listening in and, and they, you know, maybe be a little discouraged about taking this approach. They will, even if you get a first couple no's, it's only they lost if they say no. If you speak it and you, you speak with passion and they hear you, they're going to say yes because they want their money. It's all about money at the end of the day. And if you're offering a little bit more than what they're already not even receiving, <laughs> you know, then it's definitely a, a plus for you. And that's just how I was able to, you know, get everything started. You said you, you made one call on Craigslist and that's how you found your partner? Yes. Yep. The first call. That was just Man, the first she, she is a salesman. One shot, one kill. <laughs> but yeah, she, it's, if, if you have the right mindset and you have the right approach, you understand this and you can confidently say, you know, if, if you know the business and you know, you've done your marketing and you can carry out what you're pitching. So Jasmine filled up the property already. Right. So you need to be confident to do that. And it's, you know, it's like it's fishing in a in a stacked pond, basically, especially with with COVID. You kind of brought up these are disadvantages in rental investing to begin with. But now with COVID, you know, people have or landlords have tenants out there that are not paying them and they don't have to pay. And the landlord cannot evict the tenants. And I believe that's nationwide. So, yes. And then like a big thing is too, for the, for the landlords, even when the tenants fill out the motions and things like that, yeah, they may get their money, but they don't get none of those late fees. So they're missing out on all the late fees. And then once you receive, once the landlord receives that money from them or from the motion or however, whatever organization they went to, to to get it, then that still mean they still have to be in contract with that person. They got to, you know, and then they may have to pay for all the eviction processes again, because the fact of the matter is if you got someone in your home and they're struggling with paying and it's COVID and they're still not working. And just because they got an organization to pay the next month is still going to be hard for them to repeat it. So it's just, that's a big plus for us as being entrepreneurs and trying to start it off with no money and go to a landlord, just mentioning those key things like it's there is huge. They're losing so much money and the property. A lot of times when renters rent, they don't take care of it. So they bust holes or rip the walls apart <laughs> for whatever reason. And it's just so much money they're losing. So if someone, it all, it's all about your approach. And if someone has an ear, then, then they can hear you. But if they're not trying to hear you, then they, it's just, that's just what it is. But if you can get someone just to listen to you and you slow down and you speak clearly and you calm and you are confident, then it will be okay. hundred percent. And if you're not confident, that's just a signal that you haven't taken enough action. Get out there and take enough action to where you feel confident. So Absolutely. now this gentleman that, that you partnered with, was he just excited about getting paid on time and getting paid a little bit more? Or did he have questions or concerns about, you know, most landlords are, they don't get into this business because they've gone through all these situations that we're talking about. And now- yeah you're approaching them, you know, talking about instead of having, you know, one qualified person in the house, you're going to be working with people that might, you know, transitioning out of homelessness, for example. So Mm -hmm. did he have any concerns about that? Or was he just so pumped about the the financial opportunity? Yeah, at first, with our first initial conversation, and that was just things that I had to overcome within speaking with him, he did have issues with that. He said, Um, man, some of his questions were, what are you doing for insurance? And then that was a question for him. And I, you know, I found out a lot of that other information off the gold packet. And he also wanted to know how, is this even legal? That's what he Mm -hmm. asked his exact question. Is this even legal service (laughs) agreements? (laughs) You know, real, if you know real estate stuff, dealing with zoning is a nightmare. Okay, like to to get your property zoned differently or classified differently is at where we're at. It's, you know, 
probably longer now because of COVID, but on a typical year, it's, you know, anywhere from six to 12 months just to get your property zoned differently. So this is the type of stuff that, that landlords are thinking in their head, like, all right, we got to get it zoned. You got to go through licensing. Yep, so that's exactly what he thought. What, <laughs> yeah, what, did, what did you, what did you tell him? Well, I didn't want to give him too much information because I just didn't want him just to leave little old me and then go somewhere else and be like, hey, I can just do it on my own. But I did assure him that with these service agreements and I, I forwarded over to him and I told him, you know, how they have held up in court. Another way of him trusting me was that I was already volunteering and that I already had a lot of knowledge and wording that I was using because he are, he's familiar because, you know, he runs a real estate company. So he was familiar with some of the wording that I was using. So, you know, he was after our, our first conversation was probably about 45 minutes. Like I said, he was he was the one persistent calling me afterwards. So yeah. if you explain it the right way and you go more in depth and I just feel like and see with me and I just learned this just from interviewing regularly. I talk to myself in the mirror. I record myself on my phone, then relook at the recording just so I'm not sounding, you know, like, I don't know what I'm speaking about when I do call someone because, you know, people want to have a little bit of faith in what you're doing or what you're saying because you don't know me from nowhere. You know, my, my business wasn't even, I didn't even get my LLC prior to calling him. So my concern was him looking me up. I just wanted to really see my reasoning really was to call him was just to really test out what you guys were saying. Honestly. It is not a guarantee that you could just make one call on Craigslist. I'm going to go out there and say that it's a little abnormal, but <laughs> these just to show you the possibilities, it helps your sales background helps with this immensely. You probably realize that, right? So a lot of people get scared you know, if they get a landlord and they're asking questions about that stuff, especially if you don't, if you don't know it yourself, that's your first problem. But when I hear someone asking questions about that, you know, those are not objections. Those are questions, right? So he's curious, like you might hear a landlord say, no, you can't do that. You need a license. What they're really saying is, well, can you start it without a license? <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Is that even legal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, just to kind of recap that, I'm, I'll summarize it for people out there, because this is one of those things that you were probably wondering before you found us, you know, think about your friend. You mentioned two friends that have wanted to get into this business, but they didn't because it was too, quote unquote, overwhelming, right? Mm, yeah, that means they were trying to start a licensed facility an assisted living, uh, licensed assisted living facility or something like that. Right. Where yeah, and I, I think the biggest thing was too, it's just, you got to put the time into just doing a little bit of research. And I'm not saying that she, she really didn't, but with you guys, I Google on Google and you were kind of like the first to pop up. So you got, you know, just got to have the patience and listening and wanting to learn the type of stuff. Um, I would so I bet, in, in her defense, I would bet she probably didn't find us first. She just looked up how to become a group home in her area or a licensed group home, or she started talking to the local government or something like that. And that is very overwhelming. You know, if you, if you want to start a licensed facility, there's nothing wrong with it. There's advantages to it for sure. Mm -hmm. But it is, you're you're basically, you know, you know, well, like you mentioned, you want to work with seniors. If you want to do that and become a licensed facility, you're basically starting up a medical company. There's obviously going to be a lot of red tape, regulation, paperwork to get through. There's a ton of it. But what kind of our challenge is, is just let it, you know, it clicked for you. <laughs> but it's, is hey, you can become a licensed facility. You don't have to. And kind of what we do and you, I think you figured this out. So, you know, you could do the same business model you're doing right now for seniors and then mm -hmm. just, just outsource any care. So, you know, you don't have to 
hire your friend or or anything like that. Um, you just simply outsource it. We will typically use like a home health company or the organizations that we market to. But we, you know, our business model personally, we're leaving the care, you know, off the table. We're not collecting any revenue from that. So for the folks listening out there, that's how we get around the licensing stuff, you know. And I'll post the article from the blog that backs this up with like Jasmine was saying, <laughs> you know, if you know this stuff yourself, it's you're going to have a much better pitch when people ask you this. So she probably yeah. brought up you talk probably talk about the Fair Housing Act and uh-huh. the federal the federal guidelines that uh relate to occupancy and I'll post a really cool free article in the description here for folks out there. So you know, don't take my word for it. Don't take Jasmine's any other podcasts you listen to on this channel, don't take their word for it. Go read it yourself. And then when you are speaking to landlords, this is, was that, that was that his first question? Yes, that was his first <laughs> Okay. Was, so, was this legal? Yeah. That's what yeah. most people, that's kind of the first thing they think of, right? So it's going to help yeah. if, if, if you have that knowledge and you can come back and tell them, you know, their, their ears are going to perk up and they might be right. blowing they might be blowing your phone up if you don't follow through <laughs> <laughs> so right. that's a huge part of it i love the fact that you have a sales background so you were able to did you read our our guide about finding a partner like with the sample pitch or did you just kind of realize this stuff on your own i didn't go through to find a, a, a partner but it was just kind of like Common sense if you're a salesperson. Yeah, Yeah. and then just kind of like just from seeing and being in the area and just seeing like, man, this this is crazy how no one you don't have to pay your bills and and I don't you know from in Michigan here it's been you know a lot of people they've been getting a lot of unemployment and I'm talking about big big large amounts and they take those amounts and they move exactly where they want to move to and I I've heard um, landlords say that too. That they they told me that a check was gonna be waiting and I come to pick it up and they moved all their stuff out. So Oh, there's people skipping town and move moving on up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that landlord is left, you know, with still a mortgage. A lot of the and a lot of people don't understand too, like just cause they own um the apartment complex or the houses, they may have mortgages on those. Even um, worse. Even worse, the majority of landlords out there are just like you guys listening out there. They wanted to make some side income instead of looking up group homes, right? They just stumbled on real estate and figured, oh, this is a great way to get some passive income. So they have to get a mortgage. Like you said, the majority of of landlords do that. Mm -hmm. And even worse, I said, so after you get like two or three rental properties, you can't get a mortgage anymore. You then have to go get private capital. So they have an even higher interest rate. So these landlords you see that have, you know, I bring up my family member who, who has a ton of rental properties, close to 50 units in upstate New York. They're not paying mortgages. They're paying what's called hard money loans. So they're even higher interest rate. And well, I'll just talk about some rental nightmare stories, right? So he had five people before COVID that Mm -hmm. he was in the eviction process with. So imagine going through five lawsuits at one time. (laughs) That's what he, that's what he's doing. And that, that was before COVID. Okay. So those people, they're not paying him. They're not leaving. And I don't know how many other people chose to not pay him, but I don't ask him about numbers this year. Andy is is not joining us today, right? So he is going through another lawsuit. So, and this, this will kind of be, will bring up the advantages of group homes compared to rental properties. One thing, so with your rental properties, you're just signing a lease right? They're qualified. And then the people live there for, you know, at least a year, typically. You don't know what's going on in that property. So Andy had a qualified tenant on paper that was, you know, turned his rental property into a meth lab. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So we're in central Texas. This is kind of a, not common, but the company I used to work for, Mm -hmm. uh, building number eight was newer than all the other buildings. 
because same issue, you know, someone had a meth lab, it blew up the building and oh, uh, building eight was new <laughs> because of that. So this, wow, this that is crazy. then SWAT team went into his property. Obviously she broke the lease, right? So he, he kept her security deposit and in return is she sued him for like 20,000 bucks or something like that. Something ridiculous. So these are all just real life nightmare stories. And if you guys like Jasmine, you call up 10 people on Craigslist with a vacant property. I bet four or five of them have stories just like this, <laughs> if not more. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, with the group homes, you know, it's not like hopefully. So I know you're, you're pretty new to it. How long have you been following us for? I've been following you guys not long, probably for about five months. Yeah, seems like you, you got things going pretty quickly. So hopefully you, you have some systems in place. So are you are you using our license agreement with the gold yes, course or something similar? So yeah. right off the bat, we're not leasing the property to our tenants. You know, we don't have to go through the eviction process. It's similar to a hotel. You break the rules, we ask you to leave, you gotta leave. Boom. Huge advantage. <laughs> so did you explain that to the landlord? Yep. And that was a good selling point for me when I did mention that to him. Yeah. Because um, he's <laughs> he just went yeah, through the eviction. Like, yeah. He was like, wait, how would you do that? How would you be able to do that? And then we spoke more and I forwarded him over a copy of what, you know, what I'll be using, which was what I pulled out the gold packet. And um, he was like, OK. So he heard me a little bit more. And yeah, he gave me the go and he's so excited. He He's probably even more excited than I am about, you know, doing the affordable assistant living. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you've gone through this <laughs> and you realize the advantages, you know, when I talk to real estate people, like on the coaching calls, you just see that their eyes like light up. Right. Cause it's, especially if you have the motivation to help your community out, this is kind of a way to, you kind of minimize those disadvantages of rental properties, but then at the same time, you're going to be helping out the community. You're going to be helping those people in need. And the first thing, probably the first thing you use to catch his attention, you're going to be making way more money. So absolutely. Yeah. It's all kind of counterintuitive, but once you can explain this stuff to people, you know, the sky's the limit. So, and what a great first call you made. So the guy has, he has a couple different properties. If this one goes well, you probably have the option to kind of grow with him if you, if you choose to, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, he's really investing money already. Like I just told him, you know, my vision as far as, you know, with affordable assistant living and he had already started the process He's like, I got someone installing a half bathroom now. So like, I was like, wait, let me finish this one first. And he's like, well, you got it. We'll get it going. So he's, he's now he's pushing me. Even when I'm like drained, he's pushing me to be like, Hey, <laughs> don't forget about this part. So <laughs> that's great. And you don't have to go into details if you don't want to, but I'm just, I know what people are, are wondering are you guys doing like a, a revenue share? What's like the agreement that you have with him like? Okay, so yeah, we're doing uh 60 40. So I'm taking 60% and he's doing he's going I'm going to give him the 40%. Okay. And that's a percentage of the profit and there's yep, like off, you don't off the profit. So cool. how we're doing it is we going to as far as the expenses for the utilities and stuff like that, because I'm taking a 60%, I, I'm still going to cover that. I've even trans, you know, I put a lot of that into my business name and then I'm going to give him what we agreed upon each month. Now we had to mess with those numbers a little bit because the rooms uh, was not as big as I thought they were going to be. And I wanted to do like shared rooms. And because that that's definitely not an option with this property, we went back to the drawing table, but even still then, he's extremely comfortable with what he's getting. And just with the thought of knowing that you're going to get it. Now, again, I, I, 
I didn't know him prior before that. So it all just came off of trust and knowing what you're talking about when you are speaking with him and kind of when you say you're going to do something, you know, get it done. I invest a lot of time into going up to shelters, although a lot of them are closed, but some of them are still open. So just pretty much knowing what you're speaking about. And I, I know that's why he trusted me just because I did my research prior to calling because I, I just, I don't like sounding like I don't know what I'm speaking of. So, and with me having that confidence in seeing, you know, listening to the podcast, but I'm, I'm someone, I like to see things in action. So we're going out there and communicating with different group homes in the area. Some of them really didn't want me to come up there, but I kind of forced my way to get there. <laughs> so but, you, you, you went and checked out kind of your competition a little bit. Yep. And even shoot, even with just Googling um, a lot of the places, I just wanted to drive by because it was one particular block to where I lived on a couple of years back. And it's a group home on that block. And I've never knew that. And I was like, no wonder I would see, you know, so many people, but it still wasn't like you would picture an average person, a picture. That's what a group home is like. If they don't know what it's like, it was just, the, yeah. the people there, they working anyway. So they're working all day. They're gone. And it was like, I just didn't even know it was there. So that right there, it's, you know, I was like, then I really started looking. Okay, we have a couple over there, a couple over there. What do they do there? Going and doing a research on their websites and getting as much information. I even, I'm, I still a lot too, as far as material. So just taking all the information and using it and implicating it and things that I'm currently doing now helped me out a lot. And also that volunteer work, because I'm hands-on, that really, really helped me. Yeah, that was, so let's talk about kind of how you, I know you said you, you had a marketing background. You mentioned in the post that you created your own website. Let's talk about that. You know, how you have a Phil house already. <laughs> how did you do that? What, what were you doing for marketing? Well, for marketing, I, I had used some of the steps that you guys offered, the 73 ways to market. I did the campaign, but honestly, the, doing it with the campaign, I've been getting a ton of calls from different organizations. I even got a couple calls from probation officers asking if I can be able to transition. Um, they had a couple people who were stuck in jail and their crimes wasn't like horrible, but in order for them to come home, they needed an address and they just needed help. Mm -hmm. um, so like I've been getting a ton of, ton of calls, but how I got my home filled was just more so when I'm out and about, I got business cards, I got flyers, I'm talking everywhere I go because I kind of switched it because within my group homes, it is drug and alcohol free. Because initially I was going to go for sober living. So those things are still into place. But I see a lot more people struggling with living on a fixed income and being able to just bat basic things in life, you know. So I figured that I can be able to help a lot, a lot, a lot of good people that, well, a lot of people that's really good and they just, you know, they just need the extra help. So my rooms are really, I'm, I'm offering them at a really low rate and got food included and see a lot of places. They're like, oh, you're going to take my bridge card. That's what, well, bridge card is what we call a food card here in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And even once I explained that, no, that's, that's just not, you know, what I stand for, what we do. Even listening to that, one guy at the VA was like, no one is doing this in your area. Like no one is doing this. And I've been getting a lot of this. This is, you know, this is a scam too. So me welcoming people out and doing open house and just speaking with them, having those pictures. And I went, when I believe it's called Carnival, they got the free trial, just creating some flyers. That's the best thing. Office Max, they, they're really good. I went, Right before my eyes, he created um, me some business cards. It, it took like five minutes. He did it in front of me, and they were really cheap, too. Mm -hmm. um, so I also went and at the 
bus stops. Like I took it like to a two mile radius because it's a ton of bus stops. But I hit one side, my husband hit the other side and every major street we were going, I was just taping my flyers up in the bus stops too. I've been utilizing LinkedIn. I've used Craigslist as well too. But majority like the guy who I have in my group home now, he was someone just from the gas station who just needed help. And then it's another guy who gets a, you know, an income from the social security administrative. And he was living from couch to couch. And I saw, I saw him out and about, gave him a business card. He called and now different churches that I am working with, they pay first money security deposit. Now I don't mention that to, you know, people who I come into contact with. But if I see that they struggling and they're like, well, I got this amount, then I'll give them a pastor number who I'm really good friends with. And it's nothing for them. Like they love to, they'll love to write a check to help someone if they're not on the street no more. So that, that was a way that I was able to get it filled too, which is connecting them with someone who can even be able to give me first money security deposit and then setting it up in a way to where, Every month, I won't have that issue as far as being paid the next month. Man, 100%. <laughs> so this is a textbook case. So we recommend our uh, coaching clients, they ask us what to do for marketing. Do as much as you can with your time, energy, and resources, just like, like Jasmine just laid out. <laughs> so I asked her what she did for marketing, like, Everything you can think of, anything possible, everything in our gold course, and then some some creative ways out there as well. So it's not it's not an accident, and it's not luck as to why she has that first home filled so quickly. So kudos to you, Miss. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you you have a great foundation laid. I mean, you, you were even ahead of where I thought you were. <laughs> so I, th- I thought you had kind of just started and just gotten, you know, th- that first client. And we were going to talk about that, but you're rocking and rolling. So what are like the future goals? Like, where do you see yourself in like the next year or two? Are, are you doing this full time now? Yes, I am doing this full time. But even with full time, it's really not full time because I still find myself spending a lot more time with my family members and things like that. But I I set a schedule every day for myself as if I am going to regular work so I can kind of time manage my time. I've just, you know, a major shelter in Washington, D.C. have reached out to me to become an advocate for them. So that's something that I will be putting forth to. But as far as with the group homes, my goal, I'm I met someone who have 20 group homes in Michigan and competitive. So I probably want 21. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, just keep in contact with you. We'll kind of, we'll walk you through it. So, you know, Andy, you kind of described what Andy figured out too, and kind of what he scaled really at the, at the end of the day, no matter what demographic you are, you know, marketing to or offering housing to, there's a huge need for affordable housing, no matter what demographic, you know, if you want to do sober living, seniors, people transitioning out of homelessness, even just the general public, (laughs) you know, you can just, you know, advertise to the general public and find people that are needing affordable places to stay. So it's one of those things where there's, there's a ton of demand, right? You can just look outside in any major city or any populated area and see the need for this. And there's very little competition. Jasmine's done her research and and has found some some competition. But still, you know, think of how many people do real estate, real estate investors. Everybody's doing that. Very few are doing the the group home stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's very surprising that a lot of more people don't take this approach that's very, very surprising. But then another thing too, before this ends, I just want to add out there too, big things that, things that I have challenged or have had challenges with is just with having the confidence and the strength to just keep moving. 
it nothing really happens overnight. But if you're working hard, you're working hard and you you stick to the plan, it'll be okay. Like I've, you know, had fallen out with friends just recently because they don't understand or they they like, wow, how did this, how is these things happening so fast? But if you are doing what you set out to do or what you say you're going to do, it will happen. Anything is possible. And that, that's just something else I want to add. And I really, really mean that because I've been coming into contact with a lot, a lot of people that's just, they just, they just discouraged and they over, they, they say they overwhelmed, but I just think the thought of the process is overwhelming. That's what I think. I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I find a lot of people I talk to that feel that way. They feel stuck. Just a couple kind of topics or issues that they're fuzzy on. Once you realize those things and kind of realize how it's it's not easy, it's very time consuming. You do have to do the the hustle in the beginning, kind of what you described with your marketing, but it's simple. You know, most people don't realize how simple it can be, but you you are walking living proof of of what you just said. You know, if you put your mind if you put your mind to stuff, you come up with a plan and you take action you're going to have success and not just with group homes, but with, with anything you want to do in life. Absolutely. And <laughs> as you start to do that, as you start to level up, you know, a lot of people, me included, you know, you kind of have to find a new circle of friends, you know, and I kind of, yeah. I'm going to reiterate this. <laughs> so, you know, you're not lucky, right? So your friends that kind of trying to take you down, they probably see you like, oh, Jasmine got lucky right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish, I wish something like that would happen to me. Well, yeah. you, you didn't go volunteer and, and, you know, put in all that time and energy into whatever you want to do. So don't let people like that discourage you. So Absolutely. man, what, what a great story. I knew this was going to be good just from your post. <laughs> so thanks for getting back in touch with us so quickly. Absolutely. Um, and I really do appreciate you guys too. That the group home riches, it really, really, really helped me so, so much. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you guys. Where can people look you up or find you or more information on you? Yeah, my website is soberliving.online. You could be able to go on there and see a little bit more about what I do. Also, I'm on Facebook, Affordable Living. And Sober is my Facebook page. You can go on there and check me out as well, too. All right, Jasmine, what a great story. Thank you again for coming on. Guys, if you made it this far, you're curious about it. If you are not on our mailing list, bare minimum, head to grouphomeriches.com. Sign up for the free material. Check out all these podcasts. Check out the YouTube. You can learn a ton of just the free stuff we, we put out there. If you want to streamline things, sign up for the gold course. We'll have a link for you to do that here in, in the description. We talked about the uh, Jasmine, a key part of her marketing was the website, right? You're going to want to have something like that to put on your flyers and business cards. You could get the same website we use, or if you're like Jasmine, create your own. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. And Jasmine, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate you.